The following content is sponsored in partnership with Haymarket Media U.S. Hi, everyone. This is Steve Madden. I recently had the good fortune to attend Pharma USA 2022 at the Philadelphia Convention Center in fabulous Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And when I was there, I spoke with pharmaceutical industry leaders and health experts about what their focuses are and what they're looking at working on in 2022 and beyond. This is Steve Madden, the general manager of MM&M. Welcome to the MM&M podcast, medical marketing and media show about healthcare marketing writ large. My guest today is Dr. Maria Rivas, the Chief Medical Officer, SVP of Global Patient Safety, Medical Affairs, and Evidence and Value Development at EMD Serono. Doctor, welcome. Oh, thank you, Steve. A pleasure to be here. First of all, just for a bit of context, tell us a little bit about EMD Serono. Sure. EMD Serono is the pharmaceutical division of a global company called Merck KGAA which is based in Darmstadt, Germany, and it's actually a 300-year-old company, still owned by the original family. Wow. 300 years is a long time to perfect the various arts. But one of the things that's, uh, you know, I would like to think that it's always been at the center of of, uh, what the company has done, but a very current buzzword right now is patient-centric care. And I'd like you to explain, if you would, the difference between patient-centric care and patient-directed care? Sure. We at EMD Serono think patient-centricity is good because it means we are putting the patient as the center of what we do, and that should be the aim of any industry trying to improve the lives of human beings. But we think actually patient-directed efforts are better. What does that mean? That means really the patient is a co-creator or a partner in our effort to improve lives. So essentially helping us develop better drugs. That seems like uh, it would take a particular type of patient. Does, does that approach work with every kind of patient? I think it's really applicable to any uh, patient. I mean, I think many of us have at some point or another in our lives been a patient. And as such, you have needs. You are vulnerable, right? And I think that if for any disease state, any illness, we really value the patient's perspectives of what their needs are because that really challenges us as drug developers to come up with better solutions and treatments. So why move toward that now? Well, I think the time is ripe. First of all, we have a more empowered patient population, right? We're all more informed. Um, Patients that are uh, suffering from a particular illness have a lot of resources now virtually in the internet and beyond to research and resource themselves with understanding of their illness. And thus, they even make for a better partner for us because they can really get into how we can improve their lives with future treatments. And also the regulators, you know, um, FDA, uh, European Medical Association, other regulatory agencies around the world are asking pharmaceutical companies to engage the patient in that co-creation, in that co-development 
of new drugs. Uh, they, the FDA actually issued a guidance called the Patient-Focused Drug Development Guidance, and we're really trying to follow that very closely. So let's get into the nitty-gritty a little bit. You know, how does this, how does this actually work? Well, it works in the following manner, at least. Um, I don't know if there's one way to do it, but I can tell you what we're doing at EMD Serono is we're trying to start with engaging with patients super early as we're trying to conceive of new treatments for new for diseases. You know, So we call it early clinical drug development. We then connect with patient organizations, with groups of patients and their caregivers, because in some disease states, you know, for some illnesses, the caregivers are also right. have important perspectives and needs. And then we try to really understand what does it feel to walk in their shoes? You know, what is it that they face every day in terms of challenges? And that gives us a lot of really good clues to then really uh, then use the patient themselves as sounding boards as we then develop new treatments around their needs. And then we also, um, as you know, we are a regulated uh, industry, sure. so we need to prove to regulators that our drugs work. So we try to engage with the patients early also in designing drug studies, drug trials, that eventually do prove that the patients uh, value the new treatment, that they're actually improving on the new treatment. And then what we also do is even beyond, once we get that drug approved, we try to make sure we continuously learn from patients as they use the drugs in the real world, um, beyond the clinical trials. Right. Can you give me a specific example? Sure. You know, we once one thing we have done for the last 10 years is we've connected with a community of patients with multiple sclerosis okay. and connected them to healthcare professionals that treat this condition. And we call that coalition MS in the 21st century. And what we did is essentially put these two groups of patients and their healthcare providers together and ask them to please come up with resources and approaches that were sound, that were evidence-based, meaning well-researched, well-studied, to try to improve the way that patients communicate with physicians and physicians communicate with patients as they try to get better results with treatments for multiple sclerosis. And that coalition, that collaboration has been ongoing for 10 years mm -hmm. and has resulted in much better outcomes, improved health care for those patients with multiple sclerosis uh, that, and, and their physicians uh, get better outcomes in their patient communities. But that is a latter example of what we can do once the drugs are in the real world, in the real practice of medicine. Early in drug development, one of the things we've done is we actually uh, partner with, a, again, a group, of, a virtual group of patients, a community of patients with multiple sclerosis. We engage them early in the, in the design of two clinical studies where we were trying to prove that a new, very novel treatment for multiple sclerosis, uh, still under investigation, but a novel treatment, and, and we try to design the studies with the patients. So they helped us really actually build the protocol, build the clinical study, build the way that we would measure improvement with this drug, and then collect the data. And we did that all virtually, and that, that was through the IMS Connect, iConnectMS. 
Um, and, and actually, it turned out that our drug, at least in those two studies, seems to be positive and have efficacy for multiple sclerosis in a way that was valued by those patients. Uh, we're now still studying that drug and hope to have it in the market at some point in the future. So this is a question I've been asking everyone I've been talking to today and probably will continue to for the next year or so. But how did the pandemic affect, uh, affect this approach? Oh yeah, no, so actually it challenged us even more to engage with this virtual communities of patients because um, in a way we still, like many other companies, do a lot of our research still physically in, in the doctor's offices, right? In medical centers that specialize in research. And those um, studies still require the patient to visit physically, but unfortunately during the pandemic it was yeah. really hard for patients to go to their research visit. So we try to convert, and, and other companies did this as well, they essentially converted uh, their studies, they changed their studies so that a lot of the measurements and visits could occur, occur like the telehealth or virtually. And actually the patients loved it. So um, the industry in general now is shifting, as I'm sure you've heard, to essentially more at-home trials or patient-friendly right. virtual right. trials. So, you know, clearly this is, this is working for um, EMD Serrano, but how, is this something that you would like the entire industry to embrace? Oh, for sure. I mean, I think that if we were all to work um, in this fashion as, a, as an industry, I think, first of all, um, patients will really appreciate it because they will feel like they're part of the solution from the start. They really then will have a hand uh, in shaping our, their research agendas and the way we conduct research. And that will, I'm sure, result in better outcomes. And I know the regulators will also appreciate it. <laughs> so how long have you been working on this? Oh, well, I've been in the industry for 22 years. And we've been trying to engage the patients um, in this fashion and vice versa. The patients have been trying to engage the industry in this fashion for as long as I remember in the industry. I think it's just, again, the, uh, the perfect storm in a good way, the perfect positive storm that the patients are increasingly empowered, increasingly informed, and uh, increasingly assertive, increasingly organized in, in good patient organizations that want to partner with the industry industry is listening more, industry is engaging earlier with the patient groups, and the regulators are also very uh, open to making sure that these studies are not for naught, that they're actually helping the patients and being shaped by the patients. So you've got a lot of experience in this, and it's working for you guys, and you'd like the industry, the entire industry, to take this approach. What advice would you give to companies starting to, it's companies and to patients who are starting to do this? Yeah. You know, I think that actually um, it, it helps if you are a smaller company, it may be actually easier to do this because uh, you have a smaller research team and particularly if you're trying to do uh, a very specific rare disease or personalized medicine uh, approach, you will probably need to connect as a group, as a pharmaceutical company with a smaller or more, uh, let's say, niched organization of patients. So it's a little easier to focus your efforts, the smaller the company. For bigger companies like the ones, uh, the one I work in and other uh, large pharma, uh, this is more challenging because uh, the more corporate organizations are complex, you need to make sure you create these teams 
inside the company that are really laser focused on the patient and are empowered to engage with the patient early on, but throughout the drug development, don't just drop you know, the patient interest early in development and then forget to think about the patients later. And patients are embracing this, right? Absolutely. I mean, patients and their caregivers. Uh, I can tell you we connect with patients on a routine basis and um, they just really appreciate being listened to and really seeing progress when we show them, okay, this is the feedback you gave us and this is what we did with your feedback. This is how we're changing uh, things. Do you agree? And and we engage them in that co-formation. Personalized medicine is sort of the holy grail of of the industry, so, um, so that makes perfect sense. Do you have any final thoughts on, uh, on uh, patient-directed drug development? Yeah, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't mention, Steve, that, you know, part of, you know, patient-focused drug development is really including a diverse set of perspectives of uh, patients. And patients are a diverse group. And to your point about personalized medicine, in order to really be able to tailor a medication to a specific individual, you need to collect a lot of information about very different individuals, right? A large set of different individuals, not just a subset of individuals. So that's why it's also important to make sure that we are patient-directed, that we invite a very diverse group of patients to co-create with us, not just a, a small group of patients. Um, that way, we hope that our efforts and our solutions and treatments will make their way back and help a broader set of people. Right. Well, this has been fascinating. Thanks Thank very you. much for joining us. My, my guest here on the MMM podcast has been Dr. Maria Rivas from EMD Serono, talking about patient-directed drug development. Doctor, thank you so much. My pleasure, Steve. You've been listening to the MMM podcast, coming to you live from the floor of Pharma USA in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Steve Madden. GM of MMM. We'll see you next time. Thanks. That's it for this week. If you like this episode, please give it a thumbs up. Better yet, subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice and help others discover the show. The MMM podcast is produced by Bill Fitzpatrick, Deborah Stahl, Bradley Weems, and Gordon Failer. Our theme music is by Sizzy M. Sohn. We're out every week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.